You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash Zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash Zabe. Watching any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a little bit of something-something in the game. But regardless of why you play, you need a platform that makes it easy. At mybookie.ag, they do just that. Bet MLB regular season, NBA player props, every other major event like the highly anticipated boxing match between MMA veteran Ben Askren and YouTuber Jake Paul. Place a single wager of $20 on the fight, and you'll get a free $20 bet for UFC 261. If that's not enticing enough, back the former Olympian's corner, and you'll get a 2-to-1 payout with my bookie odds boost on Ben Askren to win the fight outright. Sign up this week with promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo Echo, and take advantage of up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code ZABE to grab yourself a free cash bonus on top of the free bets and boosted odds. Ben Askren and Jake Paul, it's the fight that nobody asked for, but everyone can't stop talking about, and you don't want to miss out on it at my bookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Today on the Zabecast, when the Astros cheating scandal first broke, many people were like, huh? Then a guy on Twitter by the name of Jomboy put the video evidence to the allegations and it was off to the races. We talked to him today. We'll also talk science, Julian Edelman's Wally Pip moment, Britt Reed's felony charges, and all the sciencey science you can handle. Your 45-minute dose of me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! (laughs) Here we go! Wednesday, April 14, 2021. Thank you for downloading. So, let's start with this. Hideki Matsuyama does speak English, at least some. Very funny video put out by Golf TV involving Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, and who is the third golfer in this video? It's got the three of the guys, Jason Day, yeah. (laughs) And they're in the classroom, and they're going to be schooled up on English, or on, on Japanese, by one Hideki Matsuyama. Albatros. Albatros. Hole in one. Hole in one. It's pretty easy. Three putt. Three putt. Yeah, that's unnecessary. Don't need to know that one. <laughs> What's the phrase for I just outdrove you by 20 yards? Repeat after me. その so how would you say 370 yards? Oh yes, You might want to hit a provisional. Perfect. では <laughs> コースでのマナーについてお話しします。日本では年上の先輩をリスペクトします。だからタイガーや彼の腰痛についてからかわないように。<laughs> no making fun of Tiger and his glutes. Is that me? Is he talking about me? <laughs> Is that we have a culture built on respect and understanding. And then they show Tiger throwing a club, Jason Day throwing a club, and Rory throwing his club into the lake at Doral. Talking about me? <laughs> 
I mean, to be fair, that was a really good throw. First shot on the time, I'm going to shoot and shoot. Wait, I think the video paused. So, it's not. This is my swing. He said, "No, wait for it. That's just my swing." Japan is a very small country, so the feeling is not that strong. Talking about strong. We don't show a lot of emotion. It's a very funny video, and it points out that you know he does speak some English. I would think Japanese is pretty hard to pick up. I don't know if it's harder than other languages, but I don't know. Anyway, I just thought you might like that. Speaking of audio, the Julian Edelman area, the Julian Edelman era. Slow down now. Is over in New England. He may go to Tampa to join Gronk and Brady, which, you know, why not, right? Here was Belichick. This was the dawn of the Edelman era, and it was from an NFL Films mic'd up preseason game in which Welker was not playing. And so this kid, Julian Edelman, a former quarterback at, where was it? Uh, Ball State or something like that? I'll look that up. Uh, he, uh, where did Julian Edelman play college? There we go. I should know this, but I, yeah. Kent State. Kent State quarterback. Edelman gets in the game and the rest is history. Here's the audio. So Welker, no go. He's out. Okay. He went through warm-ups and he said they feel good. Okay. Welker, no go. Doesn't feel good. Number 11, keep an eye on him. This one is coming down to Edelman. Heads to the right to the 30, 35 yard line, 40, 45 yard line, 50. Cuts to the left. He's to the 40. He's going to take it to Vistage. Julian Edelman, the Patriots' seventh round rookie draft pick. This is Wes Welker in progress. And he looks just like him on the field. Short, white. Hey, Ernie. Guy's name that play before Luke Gary. You want to look at these, or you want to wait until the next Wally? Yeah. <laughs> Wally. Yeah. Wally Pip. Here we go, Wally Pip. So here he's talking to Wes Welker. Wally, what? Wally Pip. Uh uh-uh. uh. You never heard of him? Uh uh-uh. uh. No. Well, he played first base before Lou Gehrig. Who's Lou Gehrig? Wes Welker. Duh. Oh, okay. Then Lou Gehrig started like whatever it was, 23 South Thousand straight games. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the little man. That might be the, the punt return uh, story. No doubt. Hey, you can have it, man. Oh, there you go. Way to compete. Way to compete. We're looking at Will. He can have it, meaning he can have the punt return job. And Belichick says, way to compete. <laughs> wow. On the not so good front. Britt Reed has been charged with a felony for the car accident and the DUI he had just before the Super Bowl. This is what angers me about the NFL is how they so adeptly sweep all of their dirty laundry right under the rug. I don't even know if that's the right analogy. They they sweep these, they just... Oh, well, we will no, we will no comment at the time. Respect for the families, blah, blah, blah. Five-year-old little girl, brain damaged. Life irrevocably changed because an assistant coach for the Kansas City Chiefs happened to be driving drunk, was doing 83 miles an hour up until 1.9 seconds prior to impact. Blood alcohol of 0.11 some two hours after the crash itself and just quietly. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, he, he's been let go. No longer a coach on the staff. Imagine if any other assistant coach did that. And there probably have been some examples, but not a whole lot. Most assistant coaches in the NFL have worked their entire life to be on the staff and they look at it as a precious opportunity and they are completely focused on what they're doing. And they would never risk putting the organization in a bad light. Not saying it never happens, but this is what happens. When Andy Reid, once again, says to his kid, oh yeah, you can, you can be a coach on the team, we'll give you a job, we'll give you a responsibility. 
and he doesn't operate like an assistant coach normally would because he's Andy Reid's kid. And what happens? Nothing happens. And the NFL has no interest in taking up the cause of drunk driving as their area of focus or concern. Oh, domestic violence, sure. They said they wanted to be a leader in that space after the Ray Rice scandal. How about the NFL be a leader in not letting unqualified kids of head coaches who have drug problems and alcohol issues be assistant coaches? Be a leader in that space. Goodell, call your office. Terrible tragedy. Speaking of tragedies, the Dante Wright shooting. It's a tragedy. But this is part of what I said would happen back when the George Floyd situation happened. I said, you know, we've got a next time problem with our response to this. And the next time problem is here. I said the sheer numbers in this country, a nation of 320 million people and X thousand arrests per year or maybe a million arrests or a million plus police interactions with citizens of all different ages and colors and backgrounds and criminal histories. The sheer numbers say you're going to get police suspect interactions that go south and might involve race A and race B if our response is just, oh, bingo, we hit another one. White cop, black suspect, bad outcome, let's riot. We're, we're, we're not going to have a really functioning country because every one of these is a gray, it's a sea of gray, it's a gray area. Now look, this woman, the female cop in this case, reportedly confused her taser for her gun. That's both possible as well as horrifying to think that you would be issued a gun and a badge if you are that easily confused, even in the heat of the moment in which a suspect is fleeing. He was wanted for uh, an arrest warrant. He did, a re- he did resist. He did try to drive away. But no, he should not have been shot at point-blank range, certainly not if the officer had not confused, quote-unquote, the uh, gun for her taser. So what do we have? We have a huge gray area here. Where does this one come down? To say that it's simple black and white is insane. It's not. It's a gray area. It's a bad interaction. So now dollar stores have to burn, I guess, and neighborhoods that involve a lot of brown and black people are going to suffer because of this, which does not make any sense whatsoever. And corporations are going to genuflect on Black Lives Matter and they're going to throw money at it And some Black Lives Matter leaders are going to buy $1.4 million mansions in Topanga, California. That story came out this week. Wash, rinse, repeat. There's got to be a better way and a better solution to make these encounters more rare, but also to not overreact in a completely unproductive way when the Racial lottery, bing, bing, white cop, black suspect, hits perfectly. Uh, The reporters in this case, this is an amazing piece of audio. Uh, The police chief, I guess, had pulled his officers away from the front lines of stuff that was going on. And they actually argue with with the cop about... The word riot. Listen to this. What was your decision to issue a dispersal order um, while they were peacefully protesting in front of the uh, police station? What what led to you to issue a dispersal order? And then on the back end of that 10-minute dispersal order, then to issue out uh, CO2 canisters and gas uh, for the crowd. So, Can you talk to us about yeah, that? Just so everybody's clear, I was... Front and, front and center at the protest, at the at the riot. Um, we did not. Don't do that. They say it was not a riot. He's going to tell them bricks, frozen cans of soda, other stuff being thrown at officers. There was. So I was. We were being the officers that were putting themselves in harm's way were being pelted with frozen cans, a pop. They're being pelted with concrete blocks. 
And yes, we had our helmets on and we had other protection gear, but an officer was injured, hit in the head with a brick. brick. That was a Hennepin County deputy. He was transported to the hospital. So we had to make decisions. We had- but it was a peaceful brick. Unbelievable. Uh, CO2 canisters and gas uh, for the crowd. So, Can you talk to us about yeah, that? Just so everybody's clear, I was front and, front and center at the protest, at the at the riot. Um, we did not. There was no riot. There was. So <laughs> put the journalists at the front of it. Let them take the frozen cans of soda and the concrete blocks and the bricks and then get back to us. Headline in the Babylon Bee, Fisher Price releases my first peaceful protest playset with house you can actually burn down. From the ultimate cell phone department, Walmart, Foot Locker, and others donated $300 million to racial justice just to get looted during another racial justice, quote, peaceful protest. All right, let's turn to some science. Science! Did you see the Stakem? Did you see the Stakem versus Neil deGrasse Tyson exchange on Twitter? This is the content I am here for. So Neil deGrasse Tyson tweets, the good thing about science is that it's true whether you believe in it or not. Somebody said, so what's up with this? Oh yeah. Sorry. Stakem responds. The official Twitter account of Stakem responds with log off, bro. <laughs> Someone else says, what's the beef? Har har. Stakem says, quote, the irony of Neil's tweet is that by framing science itself as true, he's influencing people to be more skeptical of it in a time of unprecedented misinformation. Science is an ever-refining process to find truth, not a dogma, no matter what his intent. This message isn't helpful. That from the frozen, thin little sandwich, quote-unquote, steak company, steak Um. Somebody said, wow, triggered. Steakum replied, just sick of Neil's games. Somebody else tweeted, a frozen sliced steak brand's Twitter account providing more thoughtful commentary on scientific discourse than 95% of our so-called scientific leaders is the dystopian future I am here for. So what is science? Well, this is a good explanation, I thought. This was from Cornell University, Professor Richard Feynman. F-E-Y-N-M-A-N, at a, at a lecture in 1964. Here is the professor talking about science. Now I'm going to discuss how we would look for a new law. In general, we look for a new law by the following process. First, we guess it. <laughs> then we... Com- well, don't laugh. That's the really true. Then we compute the consequences of the guess... To see what, if this is right, if this law that we guessed is right, we see what it would imply. And then we compare those computation results to nature. Or we say compare to experiment or experience. Compare it directly with observation to see if it, if it works. If it disagrees with experiment, it's wrong. In that simple statement is the key to science. It doesn't make any difference how beautiful your guess is. It doesn't make any difference how smart you are, who made the guess, or what his name is. If it disagrees with experiment, it's wrong. That's all there is to it. That's a beautiful way to put it. And you know what? And that's what our scientists did in this pandemic. They said, well, maybe staying six feet apart from each other or telling people to do that and masks will make a difference. That was their guess. Okay. Not the worst guess in the world. I could have gone along with that. How we would look for a new law. In general, we look for a new law by the following process. First, we guess it. (laughs) Then we... Well, don't laugh. That's really true. Then we compute... So they guessed it. But then 
when it came time to compare your guess or your hypothesis with real world results and data and graphs and charts and where has it been tried and where has it been done and show us the numbers and can you see on this big curve of cases where did the mask mandates come in and where do they actually affect things? You can't find it. Therefore, it's wrong. So it doesn't matter how elegant the theory is. It doesn't matter how well-respected you are. It's wrong. But is that what has happened? Right. Speaking of science, Scientific American tweeted the following. Scientific American has agreed with major news outlets worldwide to start using the term climate emergency in its coverage of climate change. Read our statement about this decision and the impact we hope it can have throughout the media landscape. Well, that's some serious science right there, huh? Changing the words, climate emergency. It was originally global warming, then it was climate change, now it's climate emergency. There's already people out there that are seeing the messaging shift from COVID fear to environmental fear. Emergency. Also, don't forget, I saw this recently. Science gets bought out by big interests all the time. Headline, 50 years ago, sugar industry quietly pays scientists to point blame at fat. And it worked for a long time. And that's true. And there are YouTube lectures about the so-called nutrition wars of the 70s and uh, the big food industry and who was blaming what for certain things and health outcomes. Oh, yeah. Sure. Big sugar. They have they have consultants. They've got lawyers. And they're like, look, hey, scientist, would you like me to fund your study here? We got a million dollars. Go point the blame at fat. And then there's this J&J vaccine getting paused after apparently six really bad blood clots in a run of about seven million administered vaccine doses. Bottom line is I still would like my odds if I was taking the J&J vaccine, but this is the problem when there is relentless messaging about how safe they are and everything else, that when you then pause them, which the government has, out of an abundance of caution, you create this perception with many people are like, ah, I don't think they're very dang- I don't think they're very safe. Me, I think the vaccines are safe. I think they're effective. I think they're going to help squash this pandemic. I also have no plans of getting one because I've had COVID and therefore I don't feel like I need one. I don't feel like um, it makes sense. But that's fine. That's my choice. It should be your choice as well. This vaccine now is going to be like the 737 max of vaccines. It's tainted because that's all it takes. And people were scared into surrendering their freedoms may now be scared into not getting a vaccination, which is the worst of all worlds. It'll slow the submission of the at-risk population with regard to the virus. It'll give governments more cover now to keep putting diapers on our faces and stupid stickers on the ground. And if you think I'm kidding about forever COVID, well, guess what? Here's Fauci the other day about the things he's still scared to do. And bars. Is that okay now? No, it's still not okay for the simple reason that the level of infection, the dynamics of infection in the community are still really disturbingly high. Like just yesterday, there were close to 80,000 new infections, and we've been hanging around 60, 70, 75,000. So if you're not vaccinated, please. Get vaccinated as soon as vaccine becomes available to you. And if you are vaccinated, please remember that you still have to be careful and not get involved in crowded situations, particularly indoors where people are not wearing masks. Crowded situations. Don't get involved. Oh, my God. This guy. This is my whole point. Fauci. I just did a rant that like went viral literally like last week because you're like, if we open up the country, it's everyone's going to die. I'm paraphrasing, but that's like what he said. Now, I put a little heat on him and people are like, we got to open. We're going to die if we stay inside. Now he's just, the, the wind blows and he's like, okay, no, no, no. It, it, we can't stay in forever. It, it causes irreparable damage if we stay. What is it, Fauci? Pick a 
inside. Or at least say you don't know what the f you're talking about. If nobody knows anything, then what the f are we doing? Yeah, that was about a year ago coming up. It's actually very sad to think about. It's been a whole fucking year of everyone's lives basically flushed down the toilet for this. And here we are, still not out of the woods. Then there's this, the smart mask. The powerful elites at the World Economic Forum are promoting a new smart mask that connects to the user's smartphone and will send alerts if they, quote, forget to put it on. The World Economic Forum is hailing it as the mask of the future. They will track your breathing and let you know if you're wearing it wrong. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Or even if you forget to wear it at all. <laughs> They'll, uh... They'll send you an alert linked to your app if you've left the mask at home. It's made by a company linked to a health data firm, CIRQ Technologies, SIRQ Technologies, which has relations with the Chinese Communist Party. Are you awake now, everybody? I hope so. Let's talk some baseball. John Boy was our guest today talking Astros scandal, juicy on-field conversation, bleeping savages, and more. I think you'll enjoy it. Zabin, nice to meet you, Steve. James, Mike, James Vincent Michael O'Brien, the yep, infamous John Boy. Here we are finally. <laughs> Uh, thanks for the time today. It's nice to meet you, man. I've been enjoying your videos and your Twitter feed, and I'm glad to hear that you are thriving now, doing your own podcast and a bunch of other stuff. Tell my listeners, what are you doing right now? Where can they reach more of you if they've heard of you pretty much from the Astro scandal? I think that's where you really got into a lot of people's feeds and a lot of people's heads. Yeah, I. Uh, so we have a we have a lot of different places where our content lands now. I think any platform they're on, be it Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. If you search John Boy Media, you'll find us. And then we have uh, a bunch of podcasts off of that. Like I am on one called Talking Baseball. That's three times a week where if you're looking for, you know, season recaps and series recaps and all that good stuff. Uh, we have a Yankees podcast. We have a show with Chris Rose on the network where he has six different co-hosts that are all active MLB players. Pretty excited about that one. Yeah, there's tons of tons of different places. Good stuff. Your first big hit was the Aaron Boone fucking savages uh, audio. Yeah. I'm gonna play a bite of it here for those to refresh their memory of. This was in uh, July of 2019. How awesome was that? He's complimented his players, said they were savages. He complimented the other pitcher, said he's a good pitcher. He told the ump he felt bad for him, empathy, and he wanted him to get better. He said, tighten it up, a little encouragement. It had it all. Now, I know I'm biased, but I thought... Oh, God, that was perfect. That was brilliant. So let me start with this. Where did you get the audio? Is that just Was that audio available to anybody? Yeah, it's kind of the perfect storm because that, that game was a 
makeup. So it, the game before got rained out, uh, and then they made up the game. So it was like a weekday day game that no one could have possibly planned for because it didn't exist until the night before. So there was no fans there. And so the on-field mics, you just picked up everything Boone was saying because there was no crowd to drown them out. I mean, I went in, I amplified it a little bit to see if we could make it louder. But for the most part, it was just because there was no crowd there at all. Yeah, and so it was the perfect storm. And then you you took the audio. You've got a uh, a media background, right, as I understand it from Wikipedia. Is that correct? Video editing? Yeah, video editing. I went to – I did like a year at film school, but I always grew up with a video camera editing things. Right. So you get this juicy piece of audio. You uh, you help uh, bring it up from its low levels, and then you put the words to it on the screen. There's a real power to mating video with other stuff. And so the way you showed this, I mean, it caught on like wildfire because what a phrase for a manager to have. My guys are fucking savages in that box. And that became like the rallying cry for the team. Did it not? Yes, there was. I mean, I don't think you could go to a game in late 2019 without seeing thousands of shirts that said savages in the box. So it just, I mean, they said it everywhere. I think Luke Voigt said it in like a post game press conference at one Mm -hmm. point. It was, um, it was everywhere. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's just the perfect, the whole thing is perfect. Like, you, like he says, I feel bad for you. Everything is just great about that little spiel he gave. The interaction between Boone and the umpire was fascinating because it used a lot of subtle persuasion tactics and it really peeled back a layer of what must conversations be like between managers and umpires over the course of a long, hot 162 game you know, season like if if you we had access to more of these exchanges league wide, what do you think that would be like? A lot of cursing and a lot of dumb things being said because it's the heat of the moment, <laughs> and they're they're just like anyone else. And when you're in the middle of an argument, sometimes you say things and you're like, "Wow, that was that came out exactly how I wanted it." Majority of times, you don't finish sentences. You swear every three words. And you barely make your point, but you get your tone across. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably pretty funny. And then your piece de resistance, which was the Astros sign stealing and trash can videos. So what you did is what I don't know if anyone else did. You, you might have been the first to do it. You might have been the only. You went and you grabbed evidence of exactly the little trick that they were playing and it made it very understandable to guys like me who was like, yeah, yeah, they're stealing sides, they're banging a trash can, all right, whatever. Then you see it the way you put it out there, and I was like, oh, wow. How did that come about? Yeah, it's when you actually watch it, it's so frustrating. But that, that was the article came out from The Athletic. Uh, Ken Rosenthal and Evan Drellich wrote it, and they had guys on record. So they had fires on record who played with the Astros who said, you know, we'd bang on a trash can. And then they had Farquhar, a reliever for the White Sox, who said, yeah, I, I heard it. I stepped off the mound because I heard them bang as soon as the catcher put down change up. So my brain, I always make little, you know, little videos. I call them breakdowns of just anything topical. And it's the off season, so there's no in-game action. So any news I can kind of spin into one of these videos and let people know what's going on in the baseball world. And then it was just... It was just, well, if the reliever says that, it can't be hard to find a time, the time he's talking about where he stepped off because he heard something. I didn't know that you would be able to hear the banging as loudly as you could. And you didn't really even need to manipulate the audio at all. It was just there. And then once once it was once you could find one, you could skip around from game to game and find a ton. Yeah, one thing led to another. Now, my Astros buddy thinks that you, John Boy are the worst. The devil himself, (laughs) a blinded Yankee homer who doesn't want to admit the Yanks did basically the same thing. What would your response to him be? That the Yankees didn't do the same thing? I don't know where he got that from. Uh, I I don't know. A lot of Astros fans don't like me. But the 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 Yankees (laughs) didn't do the same thing. There's some teams in the history of the sport that have. The 1951 Giants, was it the Pirates? Um the twins at one point, I believe they have admitted to it. You know, so they're not the only person, only team to steal signs using technology in a relay system. But the 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 current Yankees have not been um, 
accused or caught doing anything like what the Astros did. Okay, by current, do you mean this particular season or going back to 2017? Going back to 2017, in my memory. So you don't think I'm, that you don't think the Yankees were cheating in any way, shape, or form, like the scale of the Astros? Like the scale. The okay. Yankees were doing the same thing that the Red Sox got in trouble for and the same thing that some other teams got in trouble for, where they were using the replay room incorrectly. Right. Where, you know, the, the Astros got in trouble for the um, Apple Watch? Yeah. And that's different because they were only signaling from when they had a runner on second base and the, the sequence got changed up. And they were trying, and they were using code breakers. So the Astros had the code breaker, right? And that's when the runners on second base and the catcher does multiple signs, and you use this algorithm to figure out the sequence. Well, the catcher only does that sequence when a runner's on second base. So the code breaker only comes into play when there's a runner on second base, and you tell the runner on second base the sign, and then he relays it to the batter. And a lot of teams attempted to do that. Um, with the replay room, the Ash, the Red Sox got in trouble and the Yankees got in trouble in like 2015, I believe, or 2016. Right. What the, the Astros did is they installed a camera and their own camera. It wasn't MLB replay camera. And it was, it didn't matter if there was a guy on base. They, they used it when there was no guy on base and the catcher wasn't doing a sequence at all. So it wasn't that they had to decode a sequence and then relay it to a guy in the dugout who relays it to the guy in second base who relays it to the batter, which only is like 13% of that bats where there's a runner in second base. The Astros, the, the catcher put down the finger one, there was no bang. The catcher put down the finger two, there was an instant bang. So right. it was instantaneous, and it was every single pitch of the game. Right. So the Yankees did not, nor the Red Sox, who got in trouble for the Apple Watch. So – the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Astros, they all cheated to some extent. Many other teams did as well. Many of us believe the Astros did cross a line. I assume you thought, think they crossed a line. Where do you draw that line, John Boy, that they crossed? When they brought, when they, I mean, when it's instantaneous and there's no, it, it, they, they left gamesmanship. They just straight. Because they had, a, they had a sophisticated scheme with their own equipment and their own whole system, right? Yeah, and they had a three-man crew to do it. They 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 were doing it. They moved their replay. Um, yeah, they put it down in the hallway and put a towel up, as I recall. Yeah. <laughs> in the room. And then in series games, they would break it down. They would hide the TV right. and hide the tables in between. And they would re-put it up. Like We have footage from the World Series DVD of them taking it down after game three, which was the they were coming back the next day. Why would you break down a whole system like that if it's not being used for sketchy reasons? Yeah. The the great white whale, obviously, is the Chapman home run he gave up uh, to Altuve. And, of course, then the conspiracy theories about what's that ripple underneath his jersey? Why didn't he want anyone to take it off? Yada, yada, yada. What is the John Boy unified theory on that important play in baseball history? Uh, well, I don't – I mean, I don't I – don't, think they were using anything i i know that my my brain says that there's no way they just stopped their relay system after getting away with it <laughs> and and winning the world series especially when commissioner says that they used it in the postseason in 2017 but it was too loud for the banging so they had to alter to a new method so we know that new methods came into play to relay the signal in live time with their camera. Mm -hmm. So why would they just stop? So, I mean, I think the common sense person in me says they didn't grow a conscience after winning the world series and they kept going in 18 and 19 and the commissioner's report said they kept going in 18. So would I be shocked if you told me they, they changed the relay system from banging on a trash can to something not incredibly dumb? No, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, is, there's no proof or anything though. The tattoo stuff was hilarious and wild. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Why did he not want his jersey taken off? Why did he switch from an undershirt to no or no undershirt the entire game into an undershirt in the ninth inning? And then he comes out and he says he had a bad tattoo, and then he got it updated for the World Series. And 
Oh, that's all true. He had a tattoo that was print and then the world series, it was cursive and he was proud of it, which <laughs> is just so funny that he's going to the world series and on his brain is like, Oh, I don't want anyone to see my embarrassing tattoo. I'd be, um, it'd be a hard thing think to think of in the moment. If you ask me, Yeah, it just seemed so, one of the most fishy things about that whole thing was how he, he, he reacted afterwards, but Oh, yeah. well, and, and there was like actual, um, multiple teams, more than one team, uh, filed claims with the league asking about devices. So like the buzzers thing, Joel Sherman reported it first. And then I just reacted to it and said, that would be insane. Like, that's crazy. And a lot of people think I made it up, but it was, you know, actual baseball reporters right. reported it first. I was just commenting on it. And my audience was big at that point because of the video. And then, um, you know, it is true that teams filed claims with the league saying, can you check for buzzing devices of some sort? Yeah. So it was out, it was out there as a guy who, who loves the nuances of the, uh, the, the, the audio and the media that get shook free from time to time. How, how do some of these things get out? Like when the Terry Collins, our asses in the jackpot audio came out, I was like, this is incredible. And I thought, are all the umpires mic or all the managers mic'd up? How many games is it? How come MLB media is not doing more with this kind of stuff? What, what is the lead? What is baseball's policy on miking guys up and what gets out there in the public domain? I'm not sure. That video is so odd because wh- why was he mic'd up? I think they came out um, and said that he was mic'd up for something, a documentary or something, and then. And then someone leaked the footage and for a while and MLB was like scrubbing it. Anyone that posted it, but I don't know why that umpire was mic'd up. It's amazing. And like the umpire handled that well. And Terry Collins handled that well. (laughs) Like, I don't know why they're so upset about that video. I think everything comes out looking great. Like just like in the Boone one, sure. There's some curse words and and all that. But in in the end, I I feel like it's not as bad as it could be. I, I know that there's some, like there's an old Joe Torrey clip where he's mic'd up because they were making a documentary on the Braves. So they mic'd up Joe Torrey and then that clip leaked and it's awesome. And then there's, there's a famous Earl Weaver one. Oh yeah. I think they were making a documentary again. And the sound guy was just pointing at, at Weaver and it got buried until like a long time ago. So I don't, I don't know how those ones get leaked where they're like actually wearing a microphone, but those are pretty awesome. Yeah. Turning to the state of New York baseball as we begin the season here. I know you're a big Yankee fan. Uh, thoughts on the Yankees this year. And then, of course, the Mets have a new owner in Steve Cohen who got off to a bit of a rocky start. But I think many Met fans, i got to believe, John Boy, are hoping that this guy and his giant pile of money can turn the franchise around. What are your thoughts? Well, the Yankees got a bit of a slow start here. I think they're four and five right now. The last couple of years they've started off slow, and then they won 100 games, 103 games. In the shortened season, I mean, that was weird baseball, and they didn't care at all because everyone made the playoffs. But um, the Yankees, I don't know. They're in a little bit – there's just no energy right now, so I'm hoping that that just changes as soon as they start hitting a winning streak. And uh, the pitching's been crazy. They're, like, top five in ERA. So the bullpen, is, I think, hasn't allowed an earned run, or the bullpen's only allowed two earned runs. But very early. I, I think they'll be they'll be in the playoffs, and then we'll see – who the pitching staff is when that comes, it's going to be Cole number one, uh, fingers crossed that he stays healthy. And then that's, that's the big question is when the Yankees get to the playoffs, who's going to be the number two. Is it Tyone? Is it Kluber? Is it Severino? Is it Montgomery? Uh, we have no, like there's a lot of options. Someone's got to step up and win that number two, number three spot in the playoffs, which they haven't had in a while. And then the Mets, they just get another game postponed. The Met, the Mets, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, I'll believe that they're not the Mets <laughs> when they stop acting like the Mets, but DeGrom has the best ERA and the best like starts in baseball. And he, he he's and one and they've lost both games that he pitched. So that, that tide hasn't turned at all with the new ownership. They still don't support their best pitcher, but he, he did bring um, a lot of guys in. They fixed their, they fixed their bullpen. I like their bullpen right now. They have uh they have Lindor and they locked him up. So, I mean, that's much different. They're not getting, they're not doing that if they don't have the new owner. So I, I do think it, it's a pretty big change right away to go get trade for Lindor, then lock him up. The old owners are not doing that. Yeah. Good to talk to you, John boy. Tell people where they can find your stuff. 
Yeah, wherever you are, search John Boy Media uh, and you'll find it. We got multiple podcasts. You can go to johnboymedia.com and all the shows we have are on there. If you like baseball, we have shows about prospects. We have shows that current MLB players host. We got shows that recap uh, the entire league. So we got it all. All right, man. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Watching any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a little bit of something-something in the game. But regardless of why you play, you need a platform that makes it easy. At mybookie.ag, they do just that. Bet MLB regular season, NBA player props, every other major event like the highly anticipated boxing match between MMA veteran Ben Askren and YouTuber Jake Paul. Place a single wager of $20 on the fight, and you'll get a free $20 bet for UFC 261. If that's not enticing enough, back the former Olympian's corner, and you'll get a 2-to-1 payout with my bookie odds boost on Ben Askren to win the fight outright. Sign up this week with promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo Echo, and take advantage of up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code ZABE to grab yourself a free cash bonus on top of the free bets and boosted odds. Ben Askren and Jake Paul, it's the fight that nobody asked for, but everyone can't stop talking about, and you don't want to miss out on it at my bookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Let me conclude with a quick email and one little nugget. This is an email from Phil Ramlett, and I thank you, Phil. You can email me at zabe at yahoo.com. He says, Zabe, I have a question for you. What's up with Holly Saunders? It's a great question. You may have seen Ms. Saunders, formerly of the Golf Channel, formerly of Fox Sports, uh, on her Instagram feed with a ton of plastic surgery, an impossibly tight and curvaceous body doing very, very nasty, filthy, sexy, awesome things in skimpy, skimpy clothes. I have said over the years, she's gone off the deep end. What has happened to her? I have shook my head in disdain thinking she threw away what could have been a really good career as a female TV reporter, sports reporter personality, I said she could have been maybe the next um, the next Aaron Andrews. She had it going on. She had been you know, on Golf Channel, which was a small role. Then she was on Fox doing the post-game interviews when they had the U.S. Open. She didn't do very well at that, mind you. And then she washed out of that. And next thing you know, she's getting a ton of plastic surgery, doing all this Instagram stuff. Now she's got an OnlyFans page. You know what, though? She saw it. She saw it, and she was smart. Because think of had she done what traditionalists like me would have said. No, don't don't whore yourself out like that. You're a, you're a good-looking former collegiate golfer at Michigan State. You're on television. You got a good career going on. And she could probably scrape along at, you know, 125 grand a year doing interviews for Fox and whatever. Then what? I would bet you she's making millions, plural, on these various platforms. Now, does she sleep well at night? Does she have psychological issues? I can't speak to that. But from a pure career standpoint, Holly Saunders was right. And I and other people were wrong when they said, what are you doing? Because now she can't get fired. Like, the Golf Channel laid off everybody. Lauren Thompson, who was lovely. And good and smart and knew the game of golf. Out at Golf Channel. They have that one new British gal. They've got the tall girl, uh, Kara. Uh, I forget her last name. And then they got this other new, very uh, attractive, strawberry blonde, maybe redhead with some freckles with a British accent. And that's it. Saunders would have been out at Fox. She would have been out because Fox got rid of the rights to the U.S. Open. Then what? She was still a golf channel. She'd be out there as well. To quote the great Hank, uh, not Hank, but the great Walter White in Breaking Bad, what happened? I won. What happened? She won. That's what's going on. That's what's up with Holly Saunders. And then there's this. Breaking. Japan to release treated Fukushima water 
into the sea over the next two years. The contaminated nuclear water as part of that horrible disaster, they're gonna, they got to do something with it, right? So they're going to apparently just let it trickle out into the ocean. Because where else, what, what can they do with it, right? Somebody tweeted, you want Godzilla? Because this is how you get Godzilla. <laughs> Funny. I hope it doesn't actually result in Godzilla, but yeah. Is that actually how Godzilla came out? Nuclear water? Uh, either way, Japanese are smart. I trust they've got a bead on how to do this safely and without disturbing too much the ocean and the habitat. That'll be it for me today. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for downloading. I am off to Kentucky, but I'll be coming to you live from the road in the Mobile Strike studio both Thursday morning halfway to Frankfurt and then Friday morning from just outside Uh, One of the key distilleries in Kentucky, me and the Wisconsin Mafia doing the bourbon tasting, bourbon buying tour uh, down in Kentucky should be a hoot. Wish me safe driving, and uh, let's hope that the uh, Mobile Strike Studio does not run out of air conditioning or get otherwise uh, knocked up on the side of the road. Uh, Knock on wood. I don't want to talk about that stuff. Anyhow, I'll see you from Kentucky. Thanks for listening. Tell a couple friends, and we will see you next time. Like champagne and leather, like birds of a feather, we'll fly. Like rain and the sun today, like a million dollars that you give in a way, like a slave dog. Watching any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a little bit of something-something in the game. But regardless of why you play, you need a platform that makes it easy. At mybookie.ag, they do just that. Bet MLB regular season, NBA player props, every other major event like the highly anticipated boxing match between MMA veteran Ben Askren and YouTuber Jake Paul. Place a single wager of $20 on the fight and you'll get a free $20 bet for UFC 261. If that's not enticing enough, back the former Olympian's corner and you'll get a 2-1 to payout with my bookie odds boost on Ben Askren to win the fight outright. Sign up this week with promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo Echo, and take advantage of up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code ZABE to grab yourself a free cash bonus on top of the free bets and boosted odds. Ben Askren and Jake Paul, it's the fight that nobody asked for, but everyone can't stop talking about, and you don't want to miss out on it at my bookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie.